0: Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here's your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton.
1: welcome to another episode of quantum growth for financial advisors it is your host john cutton and i am super excited Uh, as you could probably hear i'm losing my voice a little bit it is lacrosse season and uh my boys are playing lots of games and i've been cheering in the fan and in the stands and uh i'm losing my voice a little bit but i'm very excited uh for our guest today so mary schmid who is a consultant Uh, an author and consultant in the financial services industry. Mary uh, authored an amazing book called Make or Break Conversations, how smart financial professionals land new clients and keep them for life. And I can share, um, we tracked Mary down, we heard her on another podcast. And I asked uh, Joe who, uh, who helps us with these podcasts to find Mary because I found some amazing nuggets of wisdom uh, in her comments and in her book, so I think you will all uh, enjoy this uh, this episode. Uh, hopefully, as much as as I've gotten to know Mary a little bit. So, with that, Mary, I'd love to just have you say a quick hello to the audience, and maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about you and how you got to where you are today, and then uh, I'd love to get into things a bit.
0: Yes, I appreciate you, John, and in inviting me to speak with your audience. Um, I was a, uh, an executive in healthcare for many years. And from that, I learned that it's easy to get along with some people and some people not, but why, why was that? I've always, uh, I'm a research nerd and I wanna find out why things, how things work and why things work. So fast forward, I'm doing this work with um, CEOs and leaders of healthcare and IT talking about the neuroscience of a conversation. How do we communicate with one another that brings out the best in us? I had had several Less than stellar encounters with financial planners, and from that I uh, swore off the industry and I said I'm never going to work with them again, never, ever, ever. <laughs> my lesson learned is never say never, because I came across a fella who said, "Well, I really want to. I, I really want to learn this because I think I can be better in terms of relating to my clients." And I thought, well, honestly, John, I thought, well, all right, this time he's paying the bill. Okay, so we began working together, and what I discovered was he was really a very thoughtful, kind gentleman. Until one day he said, Mary, I think I'm getting really good at this. I'm using the things that you're teaching me. And I thought to myself, okay, boy, let's see how good you really are. <laughs> so we began to play what I call real play, a situation. And all of a sudden in the middle of it, I thought like, oh my gosh, I, I, what's just happened here? This guy is good he's really good. I I just got lost in the conversation. And then I thought to myself, well, of course he's good. I taught him the things that I taught him, he's using on me and it works. Wow. So it works so well that I became his client, which was fortuitous in two ways. Two ways is sort of opened up this whole idea that this work can be applied to people in the financial profession But it also was fortuitous because we we worked together, we got our plans together. I truly trusted him and he was my safety net because six months later, my husband passed away unexpectedly from um, natural causes. And I remember that day, John, after the funeral and all that stuff is over, walking into my house and simply saying, oh my God, who's going to help me with all this stuff? Now, the stuff I couldn't define, it was just this overwhelm. And I said to myself, don't worry. You know, you've got him. You know, you've got Pat. He's there and it's true. So from there I began to, uh, I don't know, it's divine intervention, I think attract more people to in the financial services to do the work. And so the book that I wrote was the result of an extended engagement that I did with All Star Financial. And we wrote the book together based on the principles and how they implemented them. And so the rest is history, here I am, hoping to contribute to the industry and the profession to say, you're already good at conversation, You wouldn't be where you're at if you're not good, but what if you could be better and really learn the science behind how do we connect as human beings? What goes on in our brain that allows you to fully show up and be present and connect with the person sitting across from your desk? Because as you and I, I think share, belief that financial professionals are leaders. They're leaders in their conversations with their clients. They're leaders with their staff. They're leaders of their firm. And as leaders, how do we tap into the best of people to bring out the best in people?
1: Super well said, Mary. And um, thanks for sharing the story about your husband and how you connected with the financial advisor. Um, You know, there's a, a bunch that you've shared. Um, the first thing I'll say is I'm a little self-conscious because you articulate yourself so well um, that I've got I've to think about my articulation uh, as well. And, uh, and, I, and I love that, uh, that you do that as well as you do. A lot to learn and how you actually communicate, um, which is amazing. But a few of the pieces um, that you hit, and I wrote a couple of notes here, I love um, that you talked a little bit about the neuroscience of conversations. Um, I study neuroscience a little bit myself and you know, very much into kind of, you know, the the study of people and behavior and why we do what we do. Um, and then I love the concept of real play. I've never heard that one before. It's supposed to role play. I love I love real play. And then you know, connecting the dots, I would say, um backwards right as to how your life and your kind of professional career led to what you do by um you know by just kind of happenstance i guess right which is uh amazing that you know you found this niche and i think you um you found a really interesting niche because you're right you know financial advisors um are leaders they're leaders of people and influencers, you know, as you told your own personal story from a financial planning perspective, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about in our own financial planning practice is our tagline is that we help our clients to plan for the certainty of uncertainty, right? And you know, life is uncertain, and it's, and it's certain that things will happen that you can't expect. And I I think we're aligned on the better you lead and can communicate. And when you think about the role of a financial advisor, if you can, to me, the definition of leadership is influencing someone to do something that they wouldn't do without you. And as advisors, Mary, that's what we do and how you articulate and connect to, I believe the mindset and the neuroscience and why people do what they do and how you help um use that understanding to move people to make good decisions for themselves and act on behavior i think is a really important skill set and i don't know that advisors have all you know connected the dots so um i'd love to just ask you maybe you could talk a little bit um about the neuroscience and then i'd love to get get into into a little little more Mm -hmm. about uh you know what i know you refer to as the three levels of conversation
0: Yeah, that's a great starting point, John, because we need to first understand what goes on in our brain. And the neuroscience is the the system and the, the program that I've developed and it all starts with understanding what goes on in the brain. And I'm gonna really make it quite simple. So your conversations will either open up the brain and flood it with cortisol where I can't think and I'm in fear and I don't connect because I'm protected Or it will open up the brain when I get flooded with oxytocin, which is a social bonding hormone and neurotransmitter so that I feel safe, that I can connect and engage with you. And when we lead conversations that open up the brain where I feel safe to tell you what's on my mind and you receive that, that is how trust is built. So trust is the byproduct or it's the result of how you talk with people.
1: I love it. And, um, it's funny. We, we talk a lot in our business about cortisol, uh, and about, uh, oxytocin, interestingly enough. So, uh, a mentor of mine, um, you know, explains it this way, where, you know, cortisol is kind of like the fear, right? The, the fighter fighter, the the fear hormone and, um, ultimately he says it's 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 got this shelf life of what it does to your body as well um, of eating you know a bacon and egg and cheese sandwich every morning right it creates stress and stress is so bad for the body that it kind of clears the artery you know uh, clogs the arteries and uh, can actually create health issues where oxytocin he calls it a red bull um, the interesting part about oxytocin, uh, and I see, you know, laughing there as well is that, um, the, the shelf life of the positivity of oxytocin and feeling connected and safe, it only lasts for a short while, uh, um, yeah. right. But the, the cortisol lasts for, it has a lingering effect, which is kind of an interesting, uh, piece as well. So I love the way that you share that. So maybe you can walk us through a little bit as you think about how to structure these conversations so that you know your clients or prospects are open and feel safe in your communication maybe you can kind of walk us through the different levels of those conversations
0: absolutely absolutely but what i want to preface it with is when i work with people who work with numbers a lot and i say there's three levels they automatically think One is better than two, which is better than three, which is better. And that's not true. What I want to preface it with is we need all three levels. And in any one conversation, we toggle back and forth between them. But the important thing is to be aware and to learn what level you're leading from, because the level of conversation that you're leading has a predictable result on the brain opening up for trust or closing down in distrust. So level one is simply an informational conversation. I call it your Q&A. You ask a few questions, you get a couple answers, and automatically you jump into saying, well, this is a problem that I hear, so here's what you need to do. A, B, C, D, E. Got it? Okay, great. Do you have any questions? No. Okay. Now, we need level one because at points and times in conversations, we do need to provide direction. We do need to tell people what to do, but it's how we do that that makes a significant impact. You know, there's lots of things, Joe, as you know, John and Joe, that um, it, it is what it is. Taxes, laws, rules, it is what it is. But how we respond to that is a whole different thing. So when you tell your clients, well, this, you have to do this. This is what you need to do. But what if we just said, and how can you do that? And how can I help you really softens it? Because when you just tell people what to do and you give them information, they close down, they may follow the directions, they may not, there is no trust. It's really an information exchange of data.
1: Sure. Makes, makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I mean, I think about it with my own children. Right. They, they don't want to be told what to do. Uh, right. They, they uh, you know, they don't take kindly to that usually. So uh, I think that makes a ton, ton of sense as you think through kind of what a level one conversation. And I, and I just want to want to clarify, you know, so you talked about kind of toggling right through the three different yes. levels of conversation. Yes, so What I'm hearing you say is you have to have the skill set and the understanding of how to have all three levels and you kind of, you know, different tools maybe for different uh, conversations. Is that a good way to think about it?
0: Correct. We we don't want to, so people will say, well, if I'm going to have a good conversation, I must stay at this level because that's the best. No, one is not better than the other. They're different and they get different results. Got it. Informational conversation will give you The ability to clarify and provide direction, but be aware if that's primarily how you're communicating with your clients, there's no trust because you're telling them what to do. And you're absolutely right, John, whether it's your kids or whether it's you and I, I don't like to be told what to do.
1: Yep. Yeah. People. Close down. Yep. Totally. Totally makes sense. I love it. And I I didn't want to interrupt there, so I'll, I'll let you keep on. Uh, enlightening us on the different levels as well.
0: So that's level one. It's just information, question and answer, question and answer. Level two is much more of an inquiry conversation. You know, your people are smarter than the average bear. They're not going to simply walk into a conversation and say, here's my checklist. I need to know all these things, question and answer. They're not going to do that. They're, They're talented. They're skilled. And so a level two conversation is where we take the time to get to know people a little bit, and we um, ask questions to get to their perception. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? We ask some open-ended questions, questions we have no answers for. Um, And if we agree in this interchange, we collaborate. You're going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and trust begins to develop. There's a slippery slope with this level because if people don't really agree with you, research shows 75% of people, if they are in a conversation, they don't exactly agree with you, aren't going to say anything. They're going to clam down, shut down and just go along to get along. Because you're the expert, the financial professional is the expert. I don't care how expert I am in my own life. When I meet with you, you're the expert and you know so much. So if you say, this is really what you need to do, I suggest you do this Um, because you said this, this is important. I'm not going to push back. And so I might go quiet. I might go silent and I just might not. Typically what happens is the financial professional sitting across the desk, looks at the person and says, well, thinks to, thinks to themselves, well, I'm not sure they're getting it. I'm not sure they really understand. I'm not sure what's going on. So out come the charts and the graphs and the explanation. And the influence there is much more of a persuading you to do what I think that you should do, because I've seen so many people like this and I know what the solution is. Huh that we go on and on and we talk more. The more we talk, the more we talk. You know, that what happens is um, our brains become flooded with dopamine. And when dopamine floods over, the more we talk, the better we feel, the better we feel, the more we talk. It's this spiral to all of a sudden, like we end up the conversation, look across the table to the other person and say, well, you would agree, right? You would agree this is, look at, look at all that I've shared with you, all that I've told you based on the little bit that I know about you. This is what we need to do. Wouldn't you agree, John? The other person I feel says, obliged
1: to say yes. I would, yes, right? Yes,
0: of course. Yes. And that's just it. And so the person is obliged to say yes. What they really are thinking is long into that conversation, they've disconnected from li- listening to you because you're not having a conversation or a dialogue. You're on a monologue and you're preaching and you're telling and you're showing because you're so smart and so intelligent. You're giving them all that you've got. But you know what? They can't absorb it and they don't care because they've long checked out. And they're thinking to themselves, like, huh? Am I in this conversation?
1: Huh. Mary, can I ask you a question? Can I ask a question? Please do. Is is this an intervention? Are you actually describing me? Because I do level two a lot. (laughs) I'm teasing, but I as you as you say that, I think there are a lot of financial advisors and leaders. Um you know that that that's that's where they are right they spend a lot of their time um you know i call it having the curse of knowledge right so because you know you feel like you need to share and you get you know i call it that you know the the dead trout look right where the folks that are listening to you are just nodding their head but their eyes are a little glassy and you know they checked out but you still feel obliged i'm guilty of it daily by the way of having level two conversations i guess um because you feel like they're going to absorb it somehow um and i get and my guess is we're not connecting uh to the why is where this is going to lead a little bit but it's really resonating with me so i I just wanted to kind of add that and i and i heard a few things in there um that i thought were interesting that i just wanted to uh, you know, kind of get your perspective on and make sure I'm hearing you right. and if it's okay with you, uh, Mary, as we have this conversation today, I'm a bit of a uh, I've been told I'm an auditory problem solver. So mm-hmm. I, what I, the way I understand things, and hopefully it helps our, our listeners as well, is I kind of say them back my own way. And then and then I know I got it if, if I get confirmation. And if not, then I know uh, that I'm actually wrong. So what I'm hearing you say is when you think about level two, you're kind of calling it this, you know, this positional conversation, right? Um, right. And, the, and the outcome is to collaborate. So the positional conversation is I am the advisor, I have sort of a you know an implied um authority position because i I am a financial advisor, and you Mary, in my example, as my prospective client or client or the client. and you you came here for a reason. Um, so I'm going to tell you, right? It's more of a tell uh, you um, I guess that's level one as I think about it is more telling, right? So level two, we should be getting to the collaboration. Um, But we're not necessarily, the story you're sharing is the advisor doesn't always get there because it turns into kind of backing up why they are such an authority. So help me out there a little bit, Mary. Yeah, no,
0: you're, you're absolutely right. And what that leads to is an expert position. I know that you're an expert, but I can't relate to you because you're persuading me and influencing me with all your knowledge and all your charts and graphs that what you know is right without any of my input. Because you're not, and I'm not putting in because I'm afraid 75% of the people aren't going to say, oh yeah, no, 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 John, I don't think that's right. Or or, or I don't understand. They're not going to. And so it becomes an expert position and a power over people. That's the dynamic. It's a power over dynamic because Mm -hmm. you're smart and you know everything. I just go along to get along.
1: Yeah. And 75% of people you're saying will go along. So would i be right in saying the advisor who's having that level of conversation may ultimately get the client right to do what it is he or she is suggesting. But the client might feel like they don't completely understand it. They're not connected to the why, and maybe they feel like they were sold a bit, but went along with it anyway.
0: Correct. Correct. And you're not going to have an engaged client, one that really looks forward to meeting with you that will eagerly follow the plan. Or when they don't know what to do, they'll come forth and say, hey, look, I tried this, but I don't get it. Can you help me? There's not that interchange because they don't we don't want to ask questions and we don't want to like pretend like we don't know, even though we don't know because we don't want to look stupid.
1: Mm, I love it. Yeah. So, So, so much. Uh, It's resonating with me so much. Um, You know, one of the things we talk a lot about on this podcast and inside my organization is the number one, uh, you know, human fear is the fear of looking foolish, right? So it kind of makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't want to, you know, no matter how smart we are or how accomplished we are in our life, the last thing that we want to do is open our coat and simply say, you know, I don't understand. Help me understand. Yeah. And when we have this power over and this expert position because you are so smart. I, I back off. I back off. I'm not going to ask you. I'll try and do things. I'll muddle through. I may follow through. I may not. But I'm not going to have this openness that I can come to you and say, hey, look, John, I have a different idea or I have a thought. Can you help me to understand? I look at the advisor's role as help me, client, to understand you so that I can help you to X, Y, and Z. And that's where we get into the level three conversation. I
1: love it. Yeah. So advisors listening in, um, this is liquid gold that Mary sharing with us, you know, and I, and I'd like you to just, as you're listening in, right, take a minute, think a little bit about your thinking, Right. I, I'm trying to be self-aware myself. Mary, we we do something we call play the freeze game. Right. The freeze game is stop, freeze and just think about your thinking. Right. What, what is it you're thinking about right now? And what I'm thinking about right now is what I preach in my organization and to advisors. I coach and lead over and over, um, you know, is really two things. One, advisor is leader of client. Right. A financial advisor is a leader. Um, And two is the job of a financial advisor is to build deep meaningful conversations with their clients. I'm sorry, to build deep meaningful relationships with their clients. And in doing that, that's where the real value of the business that you're building is. It's those connections that you meet with clients, make with clients. and what's becoming really clear to me as I think about my thinking um, even with my advisors, we built a system um, around building this level of relationship right and connectivity with whether it be advisors or uh, you know operations people I lead, or whether it be clients that I lead or somebody in the firm leads. But the reality of it is when I think about the conversations I have and many of my advisors have their level one. And probably level two more often than one. And that could be the missing ingredient uh, for a lot of us, which I'm sure is the thesis of where you're leading us. But as I'm learning it, it's becoming abundantly clear to me. Hey, Quantum Growth for Financial Advisor listeners. One ask of all of you, as you know, we do these simply to help all of you grow your businesses and grow your practices, become better leaders, better advisors, more valuable to your community. Share this with a friend, give us five stars, make a comment. Uh, We'd love to, to get more and more listeners. The world of abundance is out there, so don't be shy to share it with other financial advisors in the industry. Thank you, as always.
0: Yes, and John, you're not alone. Research has shown that 85% of our conversations are at level one and level two. We're really good at them because no one has ever really shown us that there's a different way. And as you would say, there's a missing ingredient. To create that connection and engagement, where people have that safety and freedom to really tell you what's on their hearts and minds.
1: Yeah. Yep. Totally. So you're not
0: alone. We, uh, when I was um, before I learned all this work and began teaching this this um, the the system that I teach. I thought I was great at conversations. You know, I could listen to people, tell them what to do. If they didn't tell, if they didn't follow along well, I would ignore them and go on or fire them. You know, it, it, it was, it didn't work. And so that's where that's why I did all the research to say there's gotta be a better way. Cause as human beings, we thrive and thrive, thrive so much in life and business by working with each other, but so many of our conversations separate us. Because there's someone in charge, there's someone who's the expert, there's someone who knows better, and whether I'm a client or a team member or um, a leader, that separates us. And I say, what can you imagine what would happen if we took this expert power over kind of communication and relationship that we develop and level the playing field where we share power together? Can you imagine what would happen?
1: amazing yeah so you're you're connecting a lot of dots for me um you know i talk a lot mary about um there's a saying right we call it simple complex simple and if you can think of a mountain right like a, a hill and in the bottom left think of the word simple in the middle mm-hmm. of the mountain think of the word complex and at the bottom right of the mountain think of the words simple um and you know there's a saying that which is i wouldn't give um I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on the far side of complexity, but I would give my right arm for simplicity on the far side of complexity near side is I meant said, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't give a fig on the near side, but I would give my right arm uh, on the far side. Um, and you know, a mentor of mine calls simplicity on the far side of complexity, profound simplicity, right? And it's, you know, I think what you have and what you are able to connect and you're kind of connecting it for me, which I'm grateful for, um, is becoming a little bit more on that profound simplicity that part of leadership, part of influence is understanding how to communicate in such a way that you are truly connecting with the receiver of your message. And I think what you've done is you've taken something really complicated. You've studied it. I'm sure you've got, you know, thousands of hours and case studies and wrong, you know, rights and wrongs and learnings, and you've turned it into a process is what it sounds like that I'm sure comes along, uh, with kind of a, I I like to call it a, you know, step-by-step process or painting by numbers of here are some of the ways to train yourselves and some of the things to say so that you can bring those conversations and therefore those relationships to a deeper, uh, more meaningful level. So I'm I'm, I'm grateful uh, and kind of connecting the dots on it as you go here.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly, that's exactly it. I try to make it as simple as possible. If people wanna go deeper and learn all about it. Sure, I'm glad to do that, but people don't care what I know until they know that I care and can help them to solve the problem. It's true for me and it's true for you and your company. People don't care about how much you know until they know that you care enough to help them solve a problem, and we do that by with simplicity.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Can I can I ask you an interesting question? Yes. Um, and this is just a, a my gut feeling, and I'd love to see if you have an opinion on it. My gut is female financial advisors are likely better at level three conversation than male financial advisors. I'd just be curious to see if, I don't know if you have any data or observations that you would share, anything that you would share there?
0: I don't have any research or any data on that. I have uh, a couple sneaking suspicions. And I think that that might be true because I think women, generally speaking, have an easier access to emotions.
1: That, and that's where I was leading. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. However, I think the roadblock may be that as women enter into the profession, that they have been taught and coached and mentored, or maybe not even taught, but told that this is how we do things. I've been doing it for years and years. This is what gets results. This is what you need to do. And I think that may be a block to the natural inclination that they have to um, access their emotions.
1: Mm, That makes sense.
0: So there's sort of a nature and a nurture combination by nature. Do I think that we have? I do. I do. Yeah. But yet our socialization and education and um, experiences have perhaps told us that that's not as important as closing in deal, getting the business, doing this, doing that. And I think people then they shy away a bit from what's a natural talent and gift that they have.
1: Yeah. And I think Mary, some of that, it makes a ton of sense. It, it, and, and you tell me if this uh, connects with you and I hope it connects with our listeners. Um, you know, as I think about it, I've, I've been in the financial services industry since 1994. So it's been a minute, right? Um And there was a time where a financial advisor's relationship with clients really was more transactional. And the concept was you went to a financial advisor to get investment advice and maybe some financial planning, but it was really they had the answers. There wasn't as much information available on the Internet back in 1994 when I started. Um, You know where where you know you couldn't just get the data. You had to you had to read the Wall Street Journal or look up. uh, You know, for those of you who've been around for a while, you know, look up the quotes on your stocks or mutual funds, uh, etc. So I feel like level one and level 2 conversations um, worked. I think they worked really well um, to get the end result, which was not necessarily looking for a deep, meaningful relationship. It was looking to back then help someone reach their goals, but to make a sale to get them to act. And you had this positional power, and you were at a prestigious firm. And because you were at that firm, and you were properly licensed and able to do business and had a big research team, you could tell. um, And by telling, you would be able to get that result. And by saying, you know, this is what I would do, and this is who I am, and this is why you should follow me uh now would you like to invest your money and people followed along um but the relationship was transactional so you can keep telling today the 21st century financial advisor it's about helping folks reach their you know their wants and their dreams and being able to help them you know live a purposeful life and connect to their core values um and it's about the longevity of the relationship it's about winning the client for life, not for a transaction, but for, you know, legacies to come where you truly become the family advisor and maybe work with future generations. So it feels like the old guard, and I'm probably a hybrid, I'm the old guard, but I've been open to learning about leadership a lot. But the, you know, the, the, the new breed, I think of successful financial advisors, perhaps. In the next decade or two, are going to likely need this level three, which I'd like you to talk a little bit more about skill set um, in order to compete, particularly with this knowledge world that we live in with artificial intelligence and robo advisors. I mean, the truth of the matter is, if you're not connecting with your clients, the products and services have become commodities, the investments are commodities, right? It's really can you connect with your client and understand what he or she or they want and need and crave so that you can give the solutions and the advice more from a behavioral finance perspective to connect to their you know their wants and needs what they want for themselves. And I feel like those who don't learn this skill set may be left behind.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's beautifully said, John, because that's what the research is showing us over and over and over again. The clients may not, they don't call it behavioral coaching, but they want a personal relationship. Absolutely. You have to be technically sound and you have to know your profession. Absolutely. No ifs, ands, or buts about that, but that people assume that and so what they're really looking for is someone who really understands them, who connects with them and who can help them be their partner, be their guide. I say, shoulder to shoulder, we'll walk you through on your journey to wherever you want to go and whatever happens in life, we're there for you. We can plan and adjust and replan and, uh, and make this uh, an active, beautiful, dynamic piece of your life. Because as you change and grow and things change and grow, you're, what we do will change and grow too. But if I don't know and you can't tell me who you are and what's changing, what's going on, you're dealing with half the information.
1: Sure. Makes makes a ton of sense. So so Mary- what
0: we need to do, excuse me for interrupting, is we need to insert more of what we call the level three conversation. What I say about the level three conversation, it's about sharing, comparing, and discover. It's an easy way to put it because when we do that, when we open up and simply say, so tell me about you, what about you, and what about me, and what does that look like, and open up those doors to understand and discover who they are and what's going on in their lives. We can share a bit about ourselves and we need to be careful about how and when we time that and do that because this is not, con- not conversation about you, but we do need to open up our vest a little bit so they get to know who we are as people. And then we can begin comparing what might be some options and ways for you to go. You see, it's much more of an interactive, a level three conversation opens up the brain, the cortisol gets flooded. I can not only think better, the interesting piece that research has shown us is that trust lives in the upper part of the brain. It lives in the prefrontal cortex, while distrust lives in the lower brain, the limbic system, and they don't talk to each other. So when the cortisol overruns and I feel scared and fearful, protected, I can't access the smart, Brain that I have. And neither can the advisor. So what we need to do is open up by sharing, comparing, discovering. And when we do, the brain becomes flooded with oxytocin, right? And when it becomes flooded with oxytocin, we have a whole new level of way of relating. That's where trust lives. Trust is opened up. Our mirror neurons get activated. I can sync with you. You can sync with me. We neurocouple. Those are all the fancy dancing terms that we use, but we begin to connect. And when I connect with you and you connect with me, I call what happens is we, we have this um, a relationship. That's really a co-creation co-created um, Conversation. So, what happens is I've got some ideas. I'm going to share those with you, right? You share some of your ideas with me. But when we put them together, it's even better. You know, it's like a painter I'm yellow. Here's white. Here's yellow. But we put it together. We come up with a brilliant new way of being, brilliant new shade of yellow. Hmm. So, when we invite people into these conversations, that's where the magic happens. That's where the connection begins. That's where the true engagement with you begins. And when we do that consistently time and time and time again, it's not a one-shot deal. It's not like, well, I'm going to lead a level. I'm going to do more of level three and lead a good conversation. We do it over and over and over again. It imprints in the brain of our clients that I don't know what this guy did, but it was a good conversation. Well, we know that you know what to do to open up the brain, to trigger it in a way that Feels good versus leaving a conversation where it doesn't feel good or I feel marginalized or dismissed or not heard or understood. A level three opens up that conversation so that you're willing to listen. You're willing to understand. You want to know. You care. You care enough to listen so that we can put together the best journey for you. I'm telling you, my experience with and when you do that, clients will never leave you. They will never, because you are so, in a crowd of one, that knows how to do this effectively, efficiently, and ethically.
1: Mary, listeners, take that two or three minutes and listen to it over and over and over. I think, um, love listening to you talk about it and. it's clear, like, you know, again, go back to kind of simplicity on the far side of complexity. Um, it makes so much sense and you are making something that's super complicated, right? Which is, I think about it this way, Mary, the, the, the idea is simple. I want to have a deep, meaningful relationship with my clients. That's based on trust, um, and friendship, right? That's, I think every advisor would love to have that. That's simple. The, the complexity in the middle, go back to the mountain it's being able to be knowledgeable and in control of your wordsmithing, your listening skills, your ability to open people up. And I I wrote down some of your words, right? Um, Sharing, comparing, and I can't read my own handwriting. What was the discovery and discovery, right? So sharing, comparing uh, and discovery, it's how you connect with someone, right? That's, it opens the oxytocin. I wrote those three words. I wrote creates oxytocin with a circle. And then I put an arrow that says open trust, right? Or I'm sorry, yeah, op- openness and trusting. And once you do that, I could just imagine every time a client comes in and you repeat that process, um, the client has a good experience. They can't wait to see their financial advisor, Mary, because Mary cares about me and makes me feel good. So if something makes you feel good, I guess you want more of it, right? And
0: and if it feels good and, and you're helping me to get there because you're my partner, right? We have leveled the playing field. We are partners with each other, not yeah. a partner over. But and, and so if I don't do something or I have a question or I have a concern or something, God forbid, tragic happens, do you know who I'm going to call? Yeah. You. Can you help me, John? I got into this sticky situation. Do you have a few minutes to chat with me? Sure, I do. Thanks for calling. What's going on?
1: Mary, would you like to become a financial advisor on my team, please? (laughs) I'm teasing. Um, No, I.
0: It seems so simple. But the thing is, all of these skills that we teach that go along with how do we do this are all based in brain science. And this is this is the magic, John, is when people understand the brain science of what goes on. It's like, it clicks. Oh, that's why I talk too much. And this is what I can do. It's like, it takes the, um, it's not that we're bad people or bad communicators. We just haven't been taught this. And when we take away that, like I'm a bad communicator, but I don't want to tell anybody that I really am and simply say, you know, you're good, but you can be better. And here's, here's the science. Here's what happens. And here's how you can implement it. It's easy. It becomes really easy and simple because first of all, it's not any of this like, you know, Google, this is what you need to do is this is why it happens. And here's some options for you to consider to try to hear the difference.
1: Oh, yes. hundred percent. Yeah. So
0: that's so effective about because people think they are good at conversations. And so they either go one way, they have it scripted and they have their 20 questions. Well, that doesn't work or they just wing it. And I'm telling you, that doesn't work. I say, let's meet in the middle and develop what I call your conversational operating system. Let's develop your systems and process that you repeat over and over and over and become really good at them because this stuff works.
1: So, like I said, Mary, I, I could chat with you for, you know, I'd love to go spend the day with you, to be honest. Um, unfortunately, we're we're going to get a little tight on time, but I, I want to share a couple of things that I think... Um, Will will make a ton of sense, and then I want our listeners to to know where to find you and how they might be able to, uh, you know, uh, and get some additional knowledge sure. or uh, et cetera from you. Um, but if you just think about it, listeners, and it's something you're making me see, Mary, right? Which is, if you think about the people that you actually have the closest relationship with whether it be your spouse, whether it be your best friend, your mom, your dad, your brother, your colleague at work. I, I would almost guarantee or I would say all of those people in my life have one thing in common. Um, they're really good listeners, and they ask a lot of questions about me, and I actually, if I think about it, they know more about me than I probably know about them um i'm sorry other other way around uh yeah no they know more about me than i probably know about them does that make sense mm-hmm. uh, yes yes that does make sense um and it may it, it makes a lot of sense as you're sharing this right i think about when i have a problem who do i want to talk to it's usually my wife or my buddy art why is it my wife or my buddy art because they're great listeners they don't judge they ask questions and they literally can listen to me go for 15 minutes and they're interested and they listen and they do exactly what you're doing now, Mary. and they make eye contact and they nod their head and they ask questions and they don't necessarily even always give me an opinion they just they hear me um and then eventually it comes around to self-discovery where they kind of help me come up with a solution that just by talking through it I come I come up with my own solution um and as you were saying you know all the things that you were saying around these level three conversations um i became kind of aware of those are the people that i hold nearest and dearest to my heart Um, and i am that person for some people in my life as well but probably not as many um, as i should be or could be um, by just learning your process and becoming aware of how to have more meaningful conversations
0: So I want you to translate what you have in your personal life and the couple go to people that will really listen to you and let you to and allow you to verbalize and talk through to come to your own conclusion or and or they may give some advice when the time is right. What if that, what if you were that financial advisor to your clients. Yeah took the time to listen through, to ask good questions, you know, good questions and listening are like peanut butter and jelly. They go together. Um, and there's a whole s- series of brain signs of why we don't listen and, and how can we ask questions that are not in the context Well, we don't because we can't listen. So when we really fine tune that listening to connect and asking questions that we have no answers for, we allow the space in the conversation for the client to do just that yeah and when we understand what they when they sort of discover what it is that they're saying and john honestly sometimes it might be for the first time ever that they've shared this and when they say those words like an auditory process, when they say those words and they hear themselves saying that it's a huge revelation it's an aha moment and then we work with that to build on that
1: Amazing, Mary. Uh, and, and you know, to our listeners, um, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast as much as I did. Mary, I wanted to see, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that you would think would be appropriate to share with the listeners?
0: Um, I think we covered the basics of understanding how the conversations you lead will either open up people to connect and build trust or close them down and they don't dist- they will either lead to distrust or uh, neutral or um but it's all about us and how we show up and lead those conversations because the the result of how you lead your conversation is predictable and it will either make or break trust
1: super well said and thank you for sharing um, thank you for all the wisdom that you shared today. Um, I loved every minute of it. Um, at some point, if you were willing, I'd love to have you even come back on and go a little bit deeper. Um, if that would be something you'd be open to, I'd love to do that.
0: And- yeah, because we haven't even tapped into, so how do I do this? We've yeah. just covered the basis which which will give people a starting point. Yeah, just
1: I, sort of
0: I love it. All over this and think, okay, so when I'm visiting and when I'm visiting, when I'm visiting and, and having a conversation with my team, with my loved ones, with my clients, where am I operating from? That would be the first question that I would ask people just to tune into their own. Am I operating by doing a lot of telling? Am I operating from like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. And from my expert opinion, because I've been your father for 25 years, I know best. So therefore, wouldn't you agree? Or are we open to say, really what's going on huh yeah that's interesting so that's the starting point and yes i would love to um do another interview to go deeper into so let's talk about how to because that's where the magic happens is learning how to
1: amazing and thank you and i i i would love to do that and i smell a part two coming uh to a theater <laughs> near everyone soon so that would be great um I asked a lot of questions today because I just love to understand and learn. So thank you for indulging me. Thank you for sharing uh, all your wisdom uh, with me and our listeners. I think we'll all get better for it. I can genuinely tell Mary that you love what you do and you want to help people. Um, So if um, if some of our listeners would like more help, um, you know, how could they find your book? How can they find you? Um, What's the best way to go about having uh, someone connect with you?
0: Thank you for that invitation. So people can connect with me on LinkedIn, but I want to do something really special for your audience and your listeners and that they really are interested. They can certainly go to Amazon and buy buy the book, but if they connect with me on LinkedIn, I'd be happy to send them a free copy. It's my way of contributing. And I know that if you take even one little tip that I give you, your conversations will begin turning around and really be engaging and connecting and trust building. I also want to say that as we connect, if you have a conversation that you need to process through, like I tried this or I just, I'm so stuck with this, connect with me on LinkedIn. We'll set up a a 15 minute phone conversation and I'll I'll shoot, we'll we'll talk through a couple ideas. That just happened last night. Someone called me up and said, I'm really stuck here. And I said, okay, let's take 15 minutes, process through what are some things that you're thinking and how can you then Deliver that in such a way, because, you know, John. the thing is when we become thinking partners, whether it be with our staff or our clients or our family, we become trusted partners.
1: Hmm. Super well said. Um, So, Mary, thank you again. um, Pleasure. thank Thank
0: you for your invitation. I appreciated being able to have this conversation with you and just to share some other ways and some ideas about we can always be better at our conversations, myself included.
1: Yes. Yep. No, you're awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being a guest on the uh, episode today. And uh, thanks for the generous offer to our listeners as well. So we'll be sure uh, to our listeners on our show notes, make sure we have uh, a link to, uh, and uh, access to where you can go get Mary's book. And thank you for the generous offer to our listeners. Uh, and also how to find you on LinkedIn as well. So, Mary, thanks again for being a guest today.
0: pleasure. Thank you.
1: It was amazing. And to our listeners, thanks for listening to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. If you yourself or anyone you know could be a good, interesting guest, shoot us a note and we'll see if we can get them on. Make it a great day and thanks again for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttenconsultinggroupcom forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you next week.